Welcome to Real College Talk. I'm Morgan Heath-Powers. And I'm Nikhil Nambury. The Real College Talk podcast is your destination for honest and relevant college and post-secondary conversations. Our mission is to deliver real advice and true stories to make your post-graduation decision truly your own. Our motto, keep it real. Here to keep it real with us this week is Nick Matthews. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Yeah, of course. Um, so, Nick, where are you from? How'd you get connected with Real College Talk? And where are you right now in your life? So, I am from Rochester Hills, Michigan. It's about 35 minutes north of Detroit, Michigan. Um, I'm currently attending Michigan State University, recently transferred here, which I will be talking about today. Um, and how I got in contact with Real College Talk, I was lucky enough to meet both of you um, through our time in DECA. Uh, so, I've just been watching you guys, you know, kick off this new program organization that you guys are doing. I wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And I reached out and here I am excited to, to talk with you guys. We are super excited to have you on, Nick. And thank you so much for your time. For all of our listeners who don't know you as well, um, like Nick said, Nikhil and I have known him through DECA and he's just a totally standout person. He is crushing it in, in college life. He has an incredible internship that he's excited to share y'all about, uh, share with all of you as well. Um, and so, Nick, I would love to kind of ask you first what your approach to the college application process was because you did something a little bit different, which is you ran for executive office for DECA. And to any of our listeners who don't know what that means, um, can you kind of explain a little bit what that meant and, and how it might have affected your decisions in your senior year? <laughs> right. Um, so, again, I'm not going to give the whole DECA spiel. Um, essentially, <laughs> using that before being a state officer and what that all entails. But when you run for executive office, it's funny because it actually says in our um, in the application, which is about a 30-page application, uh, it says you should be ready to commit 25 hours a week minimum, 20, 25 hours a week minimum to DECA work. Um, uh, and there's a lot of travel, hopefully for you, if you if your different associations want to bring you to their conferences around your region, or if you're with the president all around the country. Um, that you kind of got to plan accordingly for that. And it's something that, for example, my teammates were able to accomplish. Rachel went out of uh, state. She was from New Jersey, went to North Carolina for college and was able to pull it off. Jonathan was from Washington, went to uh, Colorado. Um, and then Dylan was kind of far away from the situation where I am now, where he was at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, and mm. Andrew the one that actually took a gap year. But essentially it was funny because if I hadn't won kind of running, I was kind of just going to base my entire college decision in my freshman year off of whether I won or not, I actually got into Indiana University um, and I was planning on being a Hoosier. Uh, but I knew that once I won, if I wanted to really give everything that I could and, and put everything in the position and really represent the central region of DECA, you know, CR Strong baby, you know, you're gonna stay West is best, but CR Strong baby. <laughs> um, that was, I needed to be home. I needed to have that close support group and not have to worry about going to a mm. environment trying to create that group while I'm dealing with all these different tasks and responsibilities and having it potentially take a toll on what my grades could be um, in my classes and my studies. Yeah. So I decided to stay home with full intention of transferring after one year. Um, and that's kind of how it all ended up. I stayed at home at Open University uh, in Oakland Township, Michigan, and Auburn Hills. It was about 10 minutes from my house. Um, so I would go to class. I joined a couple of different organizations while I was there just to keep active during down times of the deck of year. But I was at home working on class stuff and then working with my officer teams, working on all the stuff that I had to do for headquarters and uh, it all ended and then I moved on. Gotcha. And 
Uh, Nick, I just want to jump in. How did that impact the way you approached the college application process? Do you think you were uh, maybe putting in more time, less time, had to plan out a little bit better? What was that like? It was very, it was very similar. I think what everyone has to go through when you kind of are narrowing down, like what are your top choices? What are your safeties? Right. I think the main thing for me in my unique situation was I was very careful on my safeties because I knew if I won, those are the ones I'd probably have to go to based on the environment I'd be putting myself into. Cause I wanted to go to Minnesota twin cities. I wanted to go to Indiana. Um, but I knew that like, if I'm going to go to Oakland, I have to take that application very seriously and make sure that I can move on that, you know, gotcha. if, if I was lucky enough to win, um, and make sure that I didn't, you know, I didn't, uh, I want to say a bad word, but I'm going to, um, just put half the effort in, That's one way yeah. um, yeah. just making sure that, uh, I, I'm going there, giving them everything that potentially they need to look for in a student. Um, and I was in the honors college, you know, so that's kind of how once I got in, even when I wasn't sure what I was doing, I still made sure I applied for the Honors College at Oakland, um, was able to become a part of that. So just taking those safeties really carefully and, and choosing them, make sure you're not putting, you're putting the same effort that you are with your top potential choices. Mm. I think that was key to making sure that the year was going to run smoothly no matter what happened come the time of the election. That's really good advice. I, I, I see a lot of students who they're so passionate about, you know, if you want to call them reach schools or, or likely schools that they forget about those safety schools. And, and the idea is that you can see, you can envision yourself at those schools just as much as you can um, with the other schools. Um, the last question that I have on this particular season in your life, you know, a couple years ago is um, you seem like you were very clear on what you wanted that if you got elected to executive office, you'd be staying closer to home. If you didn't, you'd be going towards these other schools that you would, you would always, you know, had your sights on. Um, and I would love for us to turn this back to our audiences that, you know, for our seniors out there who maybe aren't sure exactly what they want to do, maybe they don't have something like DECA that, that is kind of driving them and pulling them. Um, do you have any tips or advice that you would that you'd pass on to them to, to help them get clear on what they want from these next four years of their life if, if they plan to go to school? Absolutely. Um, I actually have three mentors in my life and I'm probably going to um, talk back or, you know, relate back to them during this call at several points. But um, one used to be the former head of HR for all General Motors. Mm. Um, one is the current chief engineer of the entire truck line at General Motors, GM family, I guess. And then one's a younger person or younger man, about 25 years old right now, that's kind of been under the wing of those two um, who graduated from Michigan State, funny enough. Um, yes. But they've I went to them a lot when I was deciding to run for executive office. And one of the points that I was brought up when we were talking about whether I should even run in the first place, mm -hmm. they were like, if you like, for me, staying at home was a bummer because I'm always someone like, I've lived in Rochester my entire life and I appreciate my hometown. I appreciate where it came from uh, or where I came from, but I'm, I'm someone that just needs to get out. I need to go and see different places. I need to go and see and meet different people, indulge myself in different cultures. Like, that's what I long for. So the travel of DECA was my silver lining. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I'll be at Oakland, but I'll be able to go out and about and meet different people through that way. But the other thing when I was, we were talking about that was, and this is like crucial advice I'd say for anyone that's debating on whether they want to stay in state, go out of the state. Um, Cause I know from the vast majority of the entire American population, that money is usually a factor. Finances are usually definitely a factor in where you're going. And they said, okay, go somewhere in state, you know, like go to a different city, but go somewhere in state and take your time and like you have four years of potential internships and summer internships right mm. you can go to different cities every single summer right and get four different ones rather than like focusing like oh i want to be in new york city so i'm gonna apply to nyu or i'm gonna apply to columbia 
oh, I want to be in California. Like, I'm going to apply to Stanford. Or I'm going to apply to UCLA or any of the schools over there, depending on wherever you want to go. Go somewhere in state. Be smart with your money. You do not want to be in debt later on. I've heard that countless time, countless time, time and time again. Having debt when you come out of college is terrible. It really is. Like, you don't know the burden you're going to have on your shoulders until you're actually in the situation. Don't even put yourself in the situation. But go to LA if you're wanting to go into film or something like that for one summer. Then go to New York. Then go to Chicago. Go to Austin, Texas. Go to Florida, right? Find your way of, of going into different environments that way rather than trying to focus and mainly push it on what university you get to go to because there's so many different ways of finding different places to put yourself in that's not relying on college. Yeah, I, I really like how you mentioned how important state schools can be because I know a lot of people overlook state schools just because, you know, they're in the same state. But going to a state school, at least from what I've heard, isn't that far off of going somewhere completely different. Um, you still have a decent amount of distance from home. You're still living independently. College is a whole new lifestyle. So a lot of people overlook state schools, and I'm glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. it can be a really important option that people should consider. Uh, you talked about going to Oakland um, for right. your first year, right? And at what point did you know you were going to transfer? What point did you tell them? And how was that process like? So I knew... I, I still kept my open mind. Like the people that told me, like some of my counselors from high school who are like really like mom number two, mom number three for me. I was very close to them my entire, my entire career in high school. And I still talk to them. I've had lunch with one of them recently. Um, but they were both all went to Oakland. They're like, just give Oakland a chance. Like, you'll like it. You will. Like, you know, and I really did enjoy my time there. It was just the fact that I didn't want to be at home. But mm -hmm. back to your point was um, like when I kind of knew that from the start, even if I don't care if you end up loving the, the first year, if you were planning on transferring or not, always plan your first year classes according to what the schools you want to transfer to can take in. Because if you're just going to transfer, but you didn't take any credits that won't transfer or the specific ones, what was the point of going in the first place? You literally wasted money in class. Um, so there's, when I came to Michigan State, there was, they, I think the vast majority of universities you're going to go to are going to have um, some kind of thing on their website where you can type in, okay, here's the school I went to. Here's the course number for this class and then it gives you a list of all these different classes okay what like does this transfer apply to this class how many credits is it worth it's very similar to ap uh, exam mm. like, okay did i take the highest math that i could can i get two credits if i take this one or if i take this one math class higher at oakland that's four credits at michigan state right mm -hmm. um cool. and even then like if i want to train because i also was looking at michigan um it was either michigan or michigan state that i wanted to transfer to and i had to take I was like, I took this one calculus class that wouldn't transfer and I wouldn't be able to even apply to Ross as a transfer student because I didn't, I didn't take this is the highest up or math level. So that kind of ruined the chances of going there. So I would have had to go into LSA and then work to get into Michigan from there. Mm, gotcha. Ross, Michigan. So okay. you really need to take your time if you're planning on transferring wherever it may be to look at what classes are the best ones or what are going to be the most options if I don't know where I want to transfer or if that one transfer school you want to get to, if it's not a guarantee of you getting in, take your time to make sure you look at all your options and be very particular and get on the classes that you can apply for and join early or enroll in to make sure that that doesn't screw you over in the long run. You're not wasting money. I'm so glad you got into like specifics there because I know we're going to have listeners who are thinking about transferring and, and some... I've noticed a lot of the time people don't want to talk about the idea of 
transferring because unless they have a specific purpose for staying, you know, just one year at home, like you did, um, people want to find a school and stick to it and love it and stay there through their all four years. But the reality is sometimes you don't know what to expect until you actually get to a school and you start living there. Um, so I really hope that whoever is listening, especially if you're a first year, start looking at your classes. And if you're kind of iffy on the school that you're at, if you're looking at other possibilities, be sure, be sure you're lining yourself up for success and other opportunities there. Um, um, wait, one other thing, can I quickly Yeah, ask? go for yeah. it, go for it. If I know every single uh, university my transfer to is different, right? Every single one is gonna be harder to navigate through and get to the class that you need to. Please, 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 whatever university is that you potentially are transferring to, call the Office of Admissions. They are a fantastic resource. They're amazing at helping you navigate and find your way because they want you to become a part of their universe, mm. right? So use them, call them, have them be a part of this process. Um, and that'll really help you when, like if, if your name's through that enough and they have a good you know, perception of you, that can find its way to application, yeah. right? Who are we letting into our school? Who are we not? So like really get your name out there in a nice way and you know, just be looking for help. Be looking to work with them and making sure and showing that you're very passionate about transferring to whatever school it is. And I'm curious about those specific details that you were talking about. What was your timeline like? When did you start like calling the office? When did you send, send in your application? Just some of those uh, basic overview stuff. I got to remember, it was, pretty, it was pretty early on. It's, it's very in line for the most part with what high school seniors or high school juniors are going, you know, high school seniors, mm -hmm. what they're going through when they're applying. Yeah. Um, some schools are really different. Like they don't have, if you're transferring, like they don't care if you're early transfer or not. Like it's just kind of, I know for example, Michigan State was, they just kind of admit it's a rolling admission. So okay. whenever, so if you want to hear back sooner, you apply sooner and, but it doesn't change your chances of whether later on except for spots going up. So that's kind of the only incentive you have is you can hear back sooner. But I know there's different universities that I don't know about and I didn't go through the process. Mm. Uh, but that's usually what it was. There's not like two different deadlines. They usually have one deadline, but it's a long open window for you to apply. If you want to hear gotcha. back, that's kind of how transfer students work. So. Okay. And what, what you say about just calling the admissions office as a transfer student or just as someone applying as a freshman yes. to a school, like demonstrate interest. It is okay to call. I, I probably, I, <laughs> I felt almost bad for my admissions counselor. Her and I were emailing back and forth so much at, at this one school I was applying to. But the reality is, is that she now knows who I am. And she was able to help me with specific questions that I had about specific programs. And like, it worked out for me well in that particular, you know, application process to that school. Um, so be sure that you're humanizing it, that you're making it personal, that you're asking the direct questions you need. Um, Cause otherwise other, other people are calling and other people are getting that information there. Their, their name is in front of yours. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to switch topics a little bit because I think we lost over this a bit. You talked about New York. Yes. And you talked about interning and right. you just interned this past summer in New York. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So I briefly told you guys about this a little earlier, but for the listeners, um, last summer I had the privilege of spending about three and a half or two and a half months in New York. Um, I was working for a community college foundation. Uh, they brought me in to help revamp their alumni division that had kind of not held the same value or not really been connecting with alumni for the past 10 or so years. So they wanted to bring in someone younger, someone that can maybe relate more to Generation Z as they're starting to join colleges and, and enroll in different colleges. Um, so I had to help write out a plan that I presented to their alumni board. And then they also helped, had me create some new websites for, or some new content for the website they're launching in October. Um, that was the gist of what I was doing for that two and a half months. 
Cool. And what, what made you pick New York? What made you pick that particular internship? I have honestly at this point, like I I'd applied to a lot of different um, internships. Um, something I want to tell listeners right off the bat, just to quickly talk about what the whole process of applying internships, you, the good ones, the really good ones, unless you have some family connection that most people don't have, the really good ones, they have their interns by October. Mm. Of like, if you want a 2020, this next month they will have their interns unlocked. You gotta go on LinkedIn. You gotta go on Indeed and start searching for these internships because the ones that really matter, they're gonna take the time to make sure that you're prepared for the next year when you're there. The ones that you're you're applying for in like early June or late May or any time bring around there, you're, you're gonna be making coffee runs. You're gonna be making copies and you know like just. Mm not the same experience that you can get and then sure they'll tell you about it but in reality when you get there if they didn't care so much to get their interns until just before it started how much time are they really like what does that say about them as a company mm. you know start looking now i don't care if you just started college i really don't like look on the different experiences you've had anyone can get it um reach out to different connections that you have in family and just if you're really into it and you're really involved and you really want to go out and get an internship for the summer, paid and unpaid, just go out and get that experience. But start looking right now. Such good advice. Seriously, listeners, like start, start checking it out. It's never too early to start researching. And I think it's like anything, once you start exploring, be it on LinkedIn or Indeed, like you were saying, it, it gets exciting. Like there are some really cool opportunities out there. And it, what I've noticed is that it gets your mind focused in class on the things that you know you will use later on in that internship mm-hmm. or in that job. Right. Um, and especially Nick, as an underclassman, you know, oftentimes we hear about students getting internships in their, you know, the summer of their junior, senior year. Um, but I think it's really cool that you did it, you know, so young, um, which, which is really neat. Can you talk a little bit about what the internship was really like? I know you had some challenges in terms of the fact that you kind of went in and they pretty much gave you free reign. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was crazy for me because I really was like, I thought even with all my experience in DACA state officer executive office that I would be really prepared for any internship that was thrown at me. But with this one, I kind of opened or walked, I had my own office, which was really cool to have. And I kind of like sat down on the first day, sat down with my boss and he was like, all right, here's what I want. And I had basically two and a half months to do it. Like there was not a whole lot of direction given to me. And I think that really took a toll on what, how prepared I was. Cause that was very challenging. Like there's, and I've talked, I had a lot of different people. I reached out to my, men, my mentors, like my boss, my other job. Right. And he's like, this is something that like happens. And like mm. some adults, you can't even deal with this kind of thing. Like, so it was really good. Cause I, I feel like I made some of the mistakes early on that I will yeah. not make in my actual career. Right. And you have to take away anything you get from an internship, whether it's a great internship, whether it's a poor internship, you have to learn from the mistakes you make and you got to keep building on the successions for the successions. No, not successions. Successes that you had, you got to keep building on those. Um, But no, I was literally was given free reign. Like I just had to research every day. Time management came crucial. I'm not going to talk about Mm. time. Everyone knows how important it is, but you got to like, I found just writing out like, okay, what's everything I have to do? right? Like, in a grand scheme of thing, a big picture person, right? I need to get this done. What do I have to research for that? I have to also talk about this. What do I have to research for that? I need to schedule a meeting with this person. When's the best time for me to have that meeting with this different department at school? And just continuously work through that. Um, yeah. So that having a list when you have to work on a long project, and this can relate to school, this can relate to group projects that you have when you're enrolled in school, like, really take the time at the start to plan out what needs to get done, compare different schedules, 
um, and just learning how to work with people. Because if you do that in school and you learn how to do that properly, that will easily direct not only internships you have, but other jobs. Mm -hmm. All right, Nick, as we, as we start to kind of wrap up, I know that just from knowing you personally and this experience that you had at your internship, um, you know, the, the real uniqueness of it was that you got to be in New York City. You got to be in a new place. And I think that's an experience that a lot of our listeners can, can relate to, particularly as they're just moving to a new city to go to school or go to an internship. And, and I would love for you to share a little bit about how students might be able to make the most of that experience in being in a new place outside of class, outside of the internship. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. Um, beautiful. So actually, I have something that I'm a writer. I don't know. A lot of people don't really know that about me. Awesome. And this is something that I wrote just about after the two-month mark. Like I had two weeks before cool, cool, cool. I was going back home. Um, I want to like read part of it really quick because this is where my mindset was. Yeah. With, like on, I had a very lonely summer, and I'll kind of mm. get after that. But this is where my mind was at after two months. Having been here for just over two months, it's hard to see why NYC is a vacation or tourist spot. Don't get me wrong, I still get it. There's a whole life worth of living in the city alone. Even then, you could spend 100 years here and barely scratch the surface of everything the Big Apple offers. Remember, this is from the perspective of a 19-year-old, a male Michigander who came here alone for a summer internship. I definitely want, I definitely want to come back when I'm 21. Um, that way I can live without the limitations of the age, you know, being that what it is. Um, but the important thing is that to come back with friends or to hopefully be in a better position to meet new, uh, new ones. I'd be excited to compare the two experiences. Um, the main part that I wanted to highlight was that I was having a hard time of seeing it as this amazing tourist vacation type of city, right? Because the worst type of loneliness is when you're surrounded by like a ton of people, mm -hmm. let alone 8.5 million people living in one of the most cluttered areas in the entire world. And I just like really just kept feeling lonely. I, there were times where, again, like I just said in that piece of writing, I was there a 19 year old alone. I had like two family, but I was in Manhattan. My roommate was 40 years old. He was lucky enough to let me stay with him, but he's an amazing person. But like, we don't connect on everything that we want to do outside. And um, I, my, I had a cousin in Brooklyn. I had a cousin in Queens, but that's like a lot through, tra or through transit. Um, I found myself trying to go to Washington Square Park, right? Try, which is like the heart of where NYU students hang out. It's the summer. The only summer students that are there are like graduate students trying to get there. Like, I couldn't find anyone. I really couldn't. And I just found this entire time, like trying to find people. But mm. I feel like I was like, I wasn't wrong in that sense, but I didn't have the hindsight of knowing that there's no students here right now, you know? Um, and it was so funny. Like I was so upset when I, I was like, kind of, it was bittersweet for me, if you will, mm. because literally three days before I left for New York, right? My favorite spot, if you guys follow me on Instagram, uh, N-I, Nick, like two I's, Nick Matthews. Um, one of my second, at this point of recording, recent, um, uh, Instagram post is this one it's from my favorite spot in New York which is between it's in the Brooklyn Bridge Park in between the Manhattan Bridge and the Brooklyn Bridge and it looks over the sky right but I went there to write a lot because that's how I wanted to spend my time if I can find people to hang out with and when I was writing there literally the third to last day before I left I saw another guy with a notepad he was writing something and I was like you know what I'm gonna go and talk to him and he was like hey, you too he's like yeah yeah, like we both saw it. Literally, I'm holding my journal right now on video. Like we both had our journals, right? I'm like, what are you writing about? He's interested in films just like I am. Like I love writing screenplays and he was writing a screenplay too. And now I talked to him today, like we want to write a movie together, right? That's so cool. But where was like I was I was looking in the wrong places to meet mm. people, right? Don't get so focused on like, okay, I need friends, I need friends. There should be students here. I'm gonna go to Washington Square Park, right? 
No, go somewhere that you can work on whatever you're passionate about, whether it's music, whatever type of music it is, right? Like just for New York alone, like Lincoln Center had so many different free concerts you could go to throughout the year. There's literally random, like we, I remember we were at the library studying with my cousin. She was studying for her board exam for med school. Um, and we were at the public library for six hours while she just did an exam. And then she la- we left and right outside the library in New York was this two hour long Broadway musical where they had people on Broadway just singing different songs from different musicals. And there were like 500 people there, right? You're in the musicals, like, I know I'm talking like specifically about New York alone, but there's every single city you go to, you can find different events to go to, even if you go alone. Like you just kind of have to have that, mm-hmm. com- that optimism and you can meet someone here that can be a great friend, right? And go and talk to them. Go to the place that you're passionate about and go talk to them. Do not bring your PS4 like I did, okay? Sit at home and play <laughs> PS4 for the majority of the time. Big waste of my time. Um, don't go and watch Netflix. Like, I don't care if there's a season you've been dying to watch. If you're in a different environment for a short period of time, you should spend as little time as possible in an apartment or in a house, wherever you're living. Go out and explore the city. That's what I did when I realized this by my final time, my final like week or so in New York. I really have any guys ever, have you two ever seen Wild and Out? Yes. No. Yep. yep. Out? Bro, I'm let me tell you guys why I met. So my cousin's a stand up comedian, right? My cousin is a stand up comedian. And look who I met, look who he's friends with. If you've seen Wild and Out, you're going to know who that is. Oh, yep. I know who that is. I don't know yep. what his name is. But if you guys, if you guys don't know, I'm really showing Jacob Williams right now. Um, he's like, the white, really nerdy, funny guy in Wild and Out, if you guys have seen it. And he's amazing. I literally got to watch a show with him, right? Um, last thing I want to hit on, if I may, before you ask me two questions, um, was this was an ongoing joke between people, mentors, you know, like, oh my God, you're going to live in New York. Like, are you going to be an official New Yorker? And I actually talked about it in my uh, Instagram. I was like, I know where, I said three reasons I'm a New Yorker. I had a Coney dog off of a uh, street vendor. Um, number two, I know what the um, line "Take the A Train." I know where that comes from now, what it means. And three, I got punched in the face by a homeless person in the subway. So that's a story for a different time. But like, <laughs> maybe that makes me an official New Yorker. That's not what made, like. If anyone's going to New York, because I know a lot of listeners probably have dreams. Like, if you guys ever want to go to New York, or been to New York, maybe you want to live in New York. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. I thought. Uh, I don't know. For those of you, for any of the listeners that are going to, here's what makes you a true New Yorker. No matter what happens in that city, all the ups and downs that you have, you have to fully believe that it is the greatest city in the world. If you don't do that, if you never have, if you lose faith or lose any type of hope for the city and you never believe in it at any point, you're not a true New Yorker. And when I was writing this, I was not a true New Yorker. But after mm-hmm. I heard about that and I had my cousin talk to me on the final day of my time in New York, I agree, Michigan. I, I agree, New York is the best city. So. Well, I think it's 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 like any it's like being in any environment, like get out of your dorm room, get out of your apartment. And I think what stuck out to me the most about what you said is like, go and do the things that make you happy, that you're passionate about. And those, the people who are interested in those things too, like they will come, but there might be, you might go through a season of being a little bit lonely. That's okay. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that, Nick. You know, for anybody that chooses to study abroad or do an internship somewhere else, you can really use what Nick gave you as you know, a foundation for really immersing yourself in the experience. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got your social media shout out in over yes. there. So we'll make sure to get that um, put in the description. 
Nick, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for the opportunity. I had an amazing time. I was happy to have a platform. It was great to reconnect with you too. It's been so long since I've been able to talk to the both of you. I know, right? I know it's been too long and, and I'm so glad we got to have you come on and, and really dive deep into your experience. To our listeners, if you're not following Nick already on Instagram, I know you already mentioned it, but be sure you give him a follow. He's an awesome person you will want in your circle. And that was Nick with two eyes. And I, I, it's weird. I just, it's N I Nick Matthews. We'll tag him in our post. We'll do it. We'll do it. Nick, thank you so much for coming on. We'll be in touch. Thank you as well, guys. I really appreciate it. And in the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real. And that's a wrap to this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our mission is to deliver insights and advice that will empower you to jumpstart your life in high school, college, your career, and beyond. But the real talk doesn't stop here. To spread the message of Real College Talk, share this episode with someone who you know could benefit from it. Keep the conversation going and reach out to realcollegetalk101 at gmail.com to let us know what topics and guests you hope to hear from next. Hey, Nikhil, did you know we're on seven podcasting platforms? Are you for real? (laughs) We always keep it real here at ICT. To catch our real talk, listen on Spotify, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or visit anchor.fm slash realcollegetalk for more options. Wait, Morgan, you're forgetting one more thing. Oh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at realcollegetalk. We love featuring our guests and connecting with listeners like you. In the meantime, keep it real. Keep it real.